Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing a request. Like, it's weird. Last, last month was request month, but... This month, <laughs> this month and next month has some requests. This might be, the, I think this is the only request for this month, but November has a bunch of them. I think yeah, November we, is going to be the end of the requests. Our requests, yeah, our requests piled up because, you know, we we just have a good amount. And so we're like, okay, we should get through some requests end of the year. And now it's it's just a, it's a parade. It's a parade of requests. And this is a request that we have been requested multiple times quite a long time ago it's come up with people who you know have listened to the podcast regularly and people who maybe tuned in and and were curious about the concept uh and we have avoided it actively for a lot of reasons that we will get into on the episode but uh yeah this Uh, week's uh episode is 2015's 50 shades of gray 50 Shades of Grey, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, the the cougar wife of Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson, best known for um, being kick-ass. He, she married kick-ass, good for her. He's like 20 years younger than her, good for them. <laughs> they seem very committed. I just remember when it happened, I was just being like, okay, girl. she's got her own playroom with him i mean i mean she's she's i mean she's gorgeous oh Um, yeah absolutely this all Um, like completely adds up and makes sense yeah yeah so it totally makes sense um also i feel like i notice a lot of like uk boys tend to be with older women and it's such an interesting like i've seen it in like uk boys and australian boys and i just want to under i just want to understand i'm into it i just want to oh, love it i want to know what that's about i know um, i wonder if there's a difference there's a specific like media difference that i don't know frees them because uh, yeah. I think there's plenty of american men who are interested but like have internalized all these, you know, sexist or just normative ideals of relationships. Yeah, I also notice a lot with, like, American guys is that they'll be with older women when they're, like, younger. And then once they hit a certain age, they just start, they just turn towards younger women. And it's like, I wonder if it's just, like, a situation where, well, like... I was I was on one side of it and now I want to be on the other side of it. It's interesting. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit with Brad Pitt, um, where he was like with older women and then same know. thing for Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise like got into Scientology because he married Mimi Rogers, who was a much older actress and already a Scientologist. And she got into it with him. And then of course when they broke up, he just went for younger women. He's like, that. let me pass down the oracles of <laughs> spread Scientology to as many young women as possible. Yes, let's trickle down the gospel to <laughs> through my penis or uh, whatever. So Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie, screenplay by Kelly Marcel. So that is a woman writing this, adapting this screenplay. Um, She is most known for being the creator of the defunct television series Terra Nova, which I remember promos for, but I've never actually watched. Um, She has 
written on. She she co-wrote the screenplay for Saving Mr. Banks. And that was her, like, big role after Terra Nova before this. And then she co-wrote the screenplay for 2018's Venom. <laughs> this is... This she's, lady. She's been <laughs> She's been busy. She's been working. She's been, um, so she's working on the Venom sequel right now. And she's also one of the co-writers for Cruella, that, that, that Disney thing about, like, young Cruella DeVille that apparently is starring, like, Emma Roberts. <laughs> Which is so hard to see. No, um, not Emma Roberts. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Okay, I can see that more, but <laughs> it still doesn't feel right to me. No, yeah, no, it just seems weird. Anyway, so this woman has been working for a while. Like, this is a middle-aged woman. This movie was made by two middle-aged women, so I feel like that's important to point out because this is, this, like... This is Catholic for middle-aged women. I mean, according to all of the numbers of who's buying tickets, who's buying the book, and who's coming online and based on the book um from you know the uber middle-aged woman the queen middle-aged woman el james who you know got very very famous for writing the three books 50 shades of gray 50 shades darker and 50 shades freed and i don't know if she's actually written anything oh no she i don't has she written anything else Oh, okay. yes, yeah, she did. She did. Um, well, she wrote a couple things. She wrote Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey as Told by Christian. And then she wrote Darker, Fifty Shades Darker as Told by Christian. So I guess she's still working on um, Fifty Shades Freed as Told by Christian. But she did write a newer book called The Mister, which I did not finish. I got halfway through The Mister and got so tired because The Mister is like, what if you took all of the pro- most of the problematicness af- uh, and I use problematic with air quotes out of the Fifty Shades and it was just like boring. Right. <laughs> that's, that, that's the best way that I would describe the mister. And it was so funny because I, I was on this long waiting list at the library to read the mister. And then I, I love I- that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then when I started reading it, I was just like, man, like give me the 50 shades books back. Like those, those yeah, are like, interesting. Spice. There's something, you know, you're like, like okay, I know how I feel about this dynamic. Like, is this hot? Is this bad? Like, what do I feel about? this man the mystery the mister reminds me of that book after which is that that uh, book and movie after which was like based on like harry styles fan fiction the mister seems like fan fiction of 50 shades written by someone else it's so weird. they're just like here's them going to movies <laughs> here's Anastasia and Christian uh, learning how to salsa dance (laughs) also don't ask us to do after I've seen it I was so bored like there's not even any shit to talk it's just fucking boring I'm going to watch the sequel to after of course because it can only get better from there right I think oh my gosh I don't know Jordan I haven't seen after but I do know that you put yourself through a lot (laughs) I don't know like I feel like when I watched after what I thought was Harry Styles is like he's not attractive to me because he has like a little he looks like an anime character to me um that's just Styles. I think he's cute but I'm not attracted to him you know what I mean I understand why people think he's cute he's just like not I don't have a type he's just not my type he just looks like a baby. And like, I feel like he's one of those people that's going to be like 35 and still look like a baby. And I just don't. 
Like, like I'd be attracted to him when he's 50. <laughs> not for me, man. Um, but Harry Styles seems like a more interesting person than what that fan fiction did for him. So I hope just somebody makes a movie just like about Harry Styles because he's an interesting He's an interesting boy. He's got good style. He seems to have good politics. You know, I only, I wish only the best for him. Now, yeah, I feel like Harry Styles continues to, re- like, every time he reveals a little bit about himself, I like it. Yeah. So here, I mean, everybody knows the story of Fifty Shades of Grey. It is basically adult Twilight fan fiction um, written by a middle-aged woman. Now, there's a lot of problems with this. Part of it is that so much of like, even though I don't know if Stephanie Meyer will ever say so, so much of Twilight is like very clearly influenced by Mormonism because Stephanie Meyer is a Mormon. It's like edging the book. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly that. Because like, and like lately I've been reading, lately I've been reading Midnight Sun, which is the book, a book that was supposed to come out when I was in fucking high school or like early college, which was Stephanie Meyer telling the story of Twilight from Edward's point of view. Um, but when it, when pages got leaked, she just decided not to do it. She was just like, no, I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. And then she, literally, <laughs> and then she had the nerve to just write a gender swapped version of Twilight. That is some of her worst work. And instead of like a red apple on the cover, there's like a green one on the cover. And I was just like. I will say the audacity is impressive. The audacity that she, the the fact that she did that and that people bought it, I was just like, girl, you know, flex it, flex what you gotta do. But it was like the, it's the laziest thing that I've ever seen. (laughs) And she, and she knew it. I know that's that's what's okay. You know what's inspiring to me about everything around this. Um, it's both inspiring and also makes me deeply angry and depressed, depending right. on how you look at it. Like, as someone who writes and, you know, would like to put work out into the world, it's very depressing and angering. But also, at the same time, as someone who self-doubts and who gets in my own way, it's wild to watch this level of just, like, fucking confidence. In it's, so, it's, so, it's so weird to me because, like... I have been having trouble writing for myself. I write reviews all the time because I'm a fucking workhorse, but I've been having trouble writing for myself, mostly just because I doubt all of my ideas and I feel like I sound like an idiot. And whenever I write a character that's like myself, I feel self-indulgent and like I have all these feelings and these women do not have those feelings. Like, (laughs) I know, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's so wild. And I even say that as a person who like, as I am reading Midnight Sun, Midnight Sun number one is probably Stephanie Meyer's second best book. Like, I would say Eclipse is her best book. Midnight Sun is her second best book. And then there's all the other Twilight movies. And Eclipse is the third Twilight book. So basically, you see her getting better. And then there's the fourth Twilight book, which is, in my opinion her most religious piece of work, and that's why I don't like it. Like, if I read... If I read... Yeah. Um, the the Breaking Dawn again, like, and if I was just, like, to compare the writing style and, like, the way that she got better as a writer to Midnight Sun, like, to Midnight Sun, I'd be like, yeah, it's very clear that she got better as she went along. But Midnight Sun is so religious to me that it's, like, impossible for me to like, and I hate everything about it. 
Midnight Sun is interesting. Oh, did did you read Breaking Dawn, by the way? Um, no, I didn't. And I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, if you want something religious, the Bible is sexier. The Bible is se- the problem. Just read like Psalms. <laughs> we are going to. I guess if we eventually do Twilight, I will go into my long spiel as to why Midnight Sun is so terrible. I will do all of the. I will do all of the reading to be fully part of that conversation yeah yeah that's that's part of the reason why i'm waiting but uh, i will say i've been sharing a lot of excerpts of midnight sun on my twitter and the interesting thing about it is that you really do get to see what edward was thinking the entire time and what edward was thinking the entire time is that i am a terrible person who is going to ruin this girl's life and i would honestly rather die than do that But also, I'm 104 years old, and I am horny for the first time. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't doesn't relate to that? Like, that's so funny. That's so funny. I love the idea of being like, I'm going to ruin this person's life, but I'm 104, and I need to. I need to orgasm. Like, that's just so fucking good. It is incredibly, like, it makes, he is, it's an incredibly tragic, like, story that's, like, very clear. Like, it's, it's much closer to the classic literature that Twilight was pretending to be. Like, Midnight Sun is that. Like, it's very clear that, like, um, that Stephanie Meyer was like, listen, I read Bront, I read the Brontes, I read Austin, and here you go, and I'm going to prove to you that I read and that's what Midnight Sun is I prove to you that I read sorry I think my Ethiopian's here I'll be right back my food (laughs) (laughs) hello (laughs) Uh, so in terms of um have I read the books um I read like most of the first Fifty Shades book and um, E.L. James really isn't a good writer so really the movie is an improvement on the book in ways like it's more coherent and a lot of so sorry about that (laughs) and some of like the cringe I'm just talking about the book it's like some of the cringiest dialogue in the book did not make it into the movie which is nice some of the cringy dialogue did make it into the movie which I I think that they picked all of the best of the cringy dialogue um, oh my god yeah but um yeah I never finished the first Fifty Shades book I have seen all three Fifty Shades movies this is the last two I saw in the theater and I am on record for saying that Fifty Shades Darker the second one is fun as hell it's so good <laughs> it's okay, so well, you know honestly I, i'll watch that tomorrow like fuck it you know it's a weekend it's so, well like the thing about and well okay so we're gonna get to the movie eventually but all of this is important i so when i started writing like online like on message boards and stuff it was erotica so i actually like cut my teeth in erotica circles i was writing erotica from like when i was like from like I was like 13, 14 until like early college. So like basically until I turned 20. Um, and I still write some erotica too for myself, but it's like, it's different. So 
in erotica circles, like women are looking for. <laughs> over my mic. I love it. No, you just got too hot and bothered thinking about the erotica that you wrote. <laughs> in erotica circles, you know, there are certain things that women are looking for. Essentially, when you go from chapter to chapter, there's like a certain level of like edging and gratification that you do. So you like, you introduce the characters, you have them talk. And the, the great thing about erotica is that so much of what's sexy about it is the conversation. So unfortunately, like oh, the quality of erotica really depends on what the person who wrote it thinks is sexy conversation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and like um, how, how it, yeah, like uh, what they think emotional intelligence and intimacy looks like. Um, what kinds of interests they think are sexy, uh, you know, what kind of maybe intellectual topics or artistic topics or lack thereof, like all of these factors add up. Right. So the thing about Fifty Shades of Grey is that it was a very popular book. It was like a phenomenon. Everybody read it. And there was a lot of like controversy. And the controversy is the reason why I never really wanted to talk about it, because I feel like everybody acts so annoying. But the thing about erotica, especially erotica fan fiction that is clearly based on other work, is that it is for you to read at your computer, masturbate. And then go about your business. There is absolutely no need for discourse about it. Like, I mean this. I'm very serious about this. Like, it's Oh, yeah, stupid. I completely it's agree. fucking stupid. Like, unless, like, it's, like, something illegal, then, of course, I don't like it. Something illegal, um, you know, and you know what those things are. I'm not going to talk about them. Yeah, we don't um, need to name every horrible thing. But, like, it's, like... Getting mad about erotica is like getting it's mad so at, me. <laughs> at something that you saw on Pornhub. And like, it's like, okay, you can be mad about something that you saw on Pornhub. It's still on Pornhub. There's nothing that you can do about it. It's also not your business. Like, you don't have to watch it. So like all of the shit with the E.L. James and the thing. And and I also want to point out that, like, not only did I cut my teeth in writing erotica and my erotica is so much better than E.L. I really want to read your erotica now. I think, Jordan, we should do a bonus episode (laughs) episode where you read your erotica. I have some comedy erotica I've written about political figures and we could just do a reading. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so interesting. Uh, so the, but the other thing is that, um, I wasn't, I, I also practiced BDSM for most of my adult life. Um, so I know the rules. I've been on FetLife. Like, you know, I, and it wasn't just like I did BDSM with my boyfriend. Like I saw like actual doms who I had no actual relationship with and we would just do what we did smoke some weed and I would go home like yeah yeah it was it's a very organized thing like there are safe words there are things that you like it's all like very like it's all about consent like Mm -hmm. the the main thing wrong with BDSM is that most doms are just like huge dorks (laughs) right right it's like the conflation between abuse and BDSM is a pretty old conflation and it's and yeah it, and it's weirdly like i mean you know there's obviously there's predators in every community but um like kink communities are way better about consent than normie communities they sure like, are 
They um, sure the fuck are. And like, and the other thing about it is that like, um, the thing is, is that like, if you're going to try kink, you're not going to do it because you read it in a book. Like not, not like immediately. Like what you're going to like, it, and also like no one who already practices kink, like this is the thing, like if you're stupid about kink, like, okay. But like, if you want to do kink with someone who is like seasoned in it, they will tell you <laughs> what's, what's not going to go down. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, I mean, it's kind of, it's really like any sexual exploration. It's going to be through communication and then what feels good or what you're interested in or what someone else is down for. Um, and there's, I don't know. It's so like, I don't, I don't understand this concern trolling about the kink community as if like, we don't have conversations about everything. And I was on, um, FetLife when this book came out and there were like all these like discussions about it. And a lot of people were mad. Like a lot of people in the kink community were like, this is a bad representation of us, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like a whole fucking thing. And my opinion was, they're just some books and they have nothing to do with us. Like 50 shades of gray didn't change the way that I practice kink. I don't really think it changed the way anyone did. I mean, I do think that like there were probably situations where like certain people, um, were unsafe, uh, and like, didn't seem to like, like, I mean, just like with anything, like it's, it's interesting. Like it, it well, I, yeah, I I think like the people who read this and weren't able to separate who Christian is as a character from Kink were never going to be able to make that delineation. You know, yeah. like, they were not part of that community or not interested in that and so they were going to make they were going to make connections that aren't like they were going to brush with broad strokes anyways. Right. Um, and whether this book was popular or not. You know, they're going to be like right. oh, one story of a dom who was, you know, a shitty person. And so right. that means, you know, X. Uh, and I mean, that's the attitude towards sex in general, like in fucking America. Like, you know, people, if people don't do something and they feel like it's different or forbidden, then often they cling to the negative story that they've heard. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of what's going on. And I like, I don't want to make it seem like making light of anything. Like I am a sexual assault survivor and I take that very seriously. If you read any of my work, you know, this, my, I guess my issue with this, the, the hysteria over this book specifically is this idea that because the book is popular that we should control who reads it. And I can't abide by that. I'm just not. Well, that goes back to like art and, you know, who owns art. And, you know, obviously we can talk about whether this art is good or not. And I don't think it's good, but. No, it's not. It's not good. Spoiler alert. Yeah. If that's a whole nother, I mean, I feel like that's implied by the fact that it's on this podcast. Right. Yeah. Which is still art, you know, and art, when you put it out there, you can't control it. That's part of putting it out there is people are going to interpret it differently. They're going to take different meanings from it. They're going to read different things. They're going to have problems or excitement about it in different ways. And so 
I mean, and the thing about it is, is that like it, what we need is better sex education, period. Yeah. And so like, and so. And consent be- should be a huge, like consent shouldn't be, it's not complicated. I don't know why it's so complicated. Right. And because we don't have good sex education, what happens is, is that whenever there is a piece of media that depicts sex in any kind of way, everyone wants to become this moral guardian. And it's because because there is no like clear sexual guidance that actually takes into account everything. So everyone keeps on looking at media as if every piece of media is a teacher for their teens and it's just not the yeah, case and we know totally agree and we've noticed this a lot with for uh, a lot of the controversy over WAP which is interesting because like WAP is like you know in a like it's like it's WAP fun. is literally about female pleasure like it's, it's about pleasure like it's about it's great but the thing about WAP is that like what what people are doing is listening to it and like putting like projecting all of their sexual hang-ups and all of this stuff and they're just like what if my kid heard WAP and it's like if your kid heard WAP your kid would be fine I don't actually believe that WAP will do anything to your kids like the only thing that's gonna happen is your kid is gonna ask what's a wet pussy and like you can answer that question or you cannot answer that question I personally would probably answer the question in some kind of way because they're probably gonna look it up um, <laughs> you're so young that that conversation feels premature, then you're probably already in charge of most of the stuff they see or hear. Right. Exactly. Know? But if they're at an age where they're seeking stuff out, then like you should be having conversations about sex with them so that they right. don't learn misinformation from their friends. <laughs> and, and also, the situation with Fifty Shades that I feel like doesn't really come up enough is that like a lot of anger towards men and their predatory behaviors was projected onto women who liked a book. Yeah, totally. It's like, because what you're trying to protect them from is predatory men. And the women who liked the book said, I just like the book. And nobody wanted to listen to the women who just liked the book. Most of the women who were like, 30 years old or older like the teens weren't super into the book like it's so weird and it's also like the women who like the book they like the book they like the fantasy okay sure were there some of them who maybe didn't critique christian's you know possessive personality um sure but i'm sure there were plenty that recognized that this character is toxic in certain ways, but also I think this book's fun or I think this book's hot or whatever. You know, I think there's also this idea that women are so stupid. If we enjoy something, we don't understand the problematic or the complexities. And especially honestly with middle-aged women, I think there's just this weird ageist disposability politic where it's like, Oh, dumb middle-aged women that are bored and married you know, like right. a like this. And it's like, that's so misogynistic and like condescending. Because like, the thing is, is that like the panic is about Christian's behavior. So your anger 
is towards men. And if you want women to be afraid of men, which like is a lot of like what a lot of like Christian and kind of like moral panic kind of stuff. And I mean, a lot of some of the like even like a little bit of liberal panic is like that, too. This idea that like we need to look at the women instead of looking at the men like if the if the the victim blaming attitude you know it goes back to like dress you know don't drink you know don't dress certain ways so that you don't get assaulted it's like that same thing like you shouldn't like this book and it's like okay if you're mad at the fact that there are a lot of controlling possessive abusive men in the world then deal with that (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about spousal abuse. Like, let's talk about all of the backlogs of rape kits. Like, it's very weird that, like, in an attempt to protect women, it was women who got the brunt of everything. I remember just liking, I remember just liking Fifty Shades Darker as a movie and just writing a positive review of it, me, an adult woman who has been fucking since I was 19 years old. And I remember people getting angry at me for liking the movie. The thing is, is that like, I can't control who reads the review, but like you also can't control whether or not I liked the movie. I had a good day at the movies And I deserve a good day at the movies. And I'm not going to say that I didn't have a good time at the movies just because you don't want me to say that. Like, it's just not going to happen. (laughs) And like, unless I'm writing for fucking Teen Beat, I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. And also, like, I don't like it's not because I liked the sex. Like, I've had better BDSM, like. All of my BDSM has been so much better, so much hotter. Like, that's not why. I just enjoy fucking fun shit. Like, when people read my erotica, which a lot of my erotica was, like, gangster erotica. Like, obviously, I wasn't just being like, oh, yeah, you know what's really sexy? Like, a man with, like, a gun. (laughs) Like, no. It's like... What's I, what is happening is that I'm 16 years old and I've never had sex and I'm having a good time imagining it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's about fantasy and fantasy doesn't live by the rules that we have in our lives or the rules that we make for our lives or the protections we want for our lives. Um, yeah, it's just like you can't like the fact it's just I just the moral panic of like message boards, message boards, which have been getting women off better than men for years (laughs) leave message boards alone well that's the other thing is like you know instead of getting mad at women maybe um more men could have figured out how to maybe men need to log on what their wife is into you know or and i know like that's such a tired you know trope is like men can't get women off i know lots of men can obviously but like if if there is such a big need that one of the best sellers women are buying it because it gets them off like okay like learn something i don't know like i'm not like, saying there's gotta be character but like you know what is it about this that women are responding to what yeah what is it about christian gray that women are responding to so here we are and i think um, it's being desired i think that's so much yeah. of it. well okay so Fifty Shades of Grey is the... It's so weird talking about it because I feel like everyone knows. Fifty Shades of Grey is the story of Anastasia Steele. Uh, She's, like, just about to finish college. And it's... (laughs) The way that she meets Christian is so... I mean, everything about the setup is stupid. But, oh, yeah, which reminds me. The thing about erotica, right? So, like, 
chapter structure is like characters are talking and then there's some kind of like delayed sexual gratification at the end of the chapter and the end of the chapter is designed to make you want to read the next chapter so it'll be like sometimes it'll be like we shared a look end of the chapter or we kissed end of the chapter or like he he touched my ass end of the chapter like it's designed in a way where every scene is supposed to be foreplay for the sex that is how erotica works every scene is foreplay every scene bring like it's supposed to like bring you into the place so for example yeah, like it's supposed to heighten it it's supposed to heighten the tension you're supposed to keep going keep going keep going until you hit that like yeah, building 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 yeah and that's kind of why it's like it's an it's an easy form to use because you just have to know the rules you just have to know like you know when the woman puts that bookmark in at the end of that chapter it's because she's like you know, she's either wet or she's going to get wet. Like she's going, like you know, it's like yeah, yeah. She's she's worked up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's it's like porn, only better because <laughs> you can read it totally. alone. Because there's um, a relational aspect that builds into it more. Because you get to know who the characters are. Yeah, and it's hotter if you know who the characters are. It's yeah. hotter when there's depth. Sex is hotter when there's right. depth. Right. So I mean, like even so, the setup, the setup is stupid. Like. Her, her best friend needs to interview Christian for the school paper, but she's sick, so she has to do it. This would never happen um, because she doesn't work for the school paper. Yeah, no, I was, like, as, like, a writer who's interviewed people a lot, I was like, in what world would this ever happen? Like, no. Ever. So, I, that, like, I was hung up on that plot line way too much. It's, it's so wild. Like, it's like, it's like if a magazine hired me to interview Spike Lee and then I got sick and I just, like, sent you instead. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not how it works. You That's would never write for, you wouldn't write for that publication again. Like, unless your staff writer's at the same place and they're like, okay, you know, we'll replace this story. But even that wouldn't really happen. So, it's, yeah. Yeah. So it's a stupid setup, but it's a stupid setup because it's very hard to get a college student in the same room with a billionaire businessman. Like it's very, it's very like the only other way to do it is if they met in a bar and that wouldn't happen because of who Christian is. Right, exactly. Like, so that's how they meet. And basically Christian is very, very into... I hate, I hate saying this. He's very into her innocence. Yeah, it's it's kind of the classic like, oh, she's shy. Oh, she's she's anxious around me. Oh, that's and that's where like he is a creepy guy. <laughs> Everything that I've said before is not defending Christian. No, it's defending it's people's right to read have stupid fucking books. But, but Christian <laughs> is so creepy. He's okay. So Christian Gray is a is fucking wild man. Like this dude is fucking weird. Um. Because, like, okay, so we're comparing this to Twilight. The thing about Twilight is that Edward gets very into Bella at first because her blood smells really good, which is very normal for a vampire. But, like, he doesn't, like... It's not because she's... 
it's not because she's human that he's into her. It's not because she's a virgin because of course she is. She's in high school that he's into her. He's into her because her blood smells really good. She's and hungry. then, and then, and she's then, he hungry. Finds, she's a snack. She's actually literally a snack. Literally a snack. And then he. And then he like spends time with her and he's just like, huh, she's like very weak and skinny and frail. Why do I care about this? Like, like it's like all of the things that are supposed to be really hot about Anastasia in Fifty Shades of Grey is actually not Bella. It's like, it's something else. Like Bella's not innocent. She's just kind of masochist she's just young and kind of masochistic and she's inexperienced with relationships and you know whereas anastasia she's you know less young than bella she's older she i like she i don't know anastasia's like 22 years old like at the outset of this 22 years old and so basically he's very into her because she's 22 and not how i was at 22 which is drinking a lot and fucking everybody and smoking cigarettes i smoked cigarettes for like a very short amount of time like like you know how every she's he likes her because she is a 22 year old who does not act like a 22 year old yeah she's she's not she's not partying she acts um, like a- <laughs> that's, that's really the cliff notes is like she does her homework she works at the hardware store and she doesn't party and you know she's young and she's dakota johnson so she's pretty and that's that's you know that's what he's into oh yeah um, this is this is a dakota johnson stan account like i love her, <laughs> oh, I love her too. yeah she's so she's so gorgeous and funny and charismatic and you know i'm just saying sometimes nepotism hits like every once in a while yeah no i i love her um i think she's a fantastic actress i love interviews with her i think she seems like a really genuine smart person and yes of Um, course i loved that she was mean to ellen degeneres because oh No, that was fantastic. She, yeah. I, I like to think that she helped open the door for Ellen Gate, um, you know, the real reckoning. And I think a lot of the reason why these, the reason, because like, I don't like this first movie at all, but I think part of what makes it bearable to watch is that Dakota Johnson does not want, to, it's not I don't know if it's that she doesn't want to be in it it's it's almost just like she's playing Anastasia with like more sarcasm than oh, is in the book. yeah no I was so um I I tweeted about this so some some listeners know um but this was my first time seeing the movie um and I was actually surprised that Anastasia was a lot, seemed a lot smarter and more incisive. Um, and like she, she could tell shit was, she could tell that Christian's a shitty guy. Like, she, uh, and I think that's Dakota Johnson's read of Anastasia. Like, like she was like, okay, I'm going to weren't, she's not just going to be like wet because this rich guy wants to fuck her. She's also going to be like, why are you so emotionally unavailable? And 
like, I don't want to give you everything you want. Why are you, like, every look that she gives him is like, why are you such a fucking weirdo? Why can't you just take me on a date? Yeah, we just have hot sex, but also be people. I don't get it. Like, and, like, she is, she is so relatable. Like, there's never, like, there are only, like, a few parts in this movie where I'm just like, what is wrong with her? Very specifically, the ending, which I heard was, like, kind of, I think that there was some kind of, like, I don't know what I don't know what's up with the ending. I feel like there was there might have been some creative differences there. The ending is so strange, especially considering the entire movie that comes before it. And I don't remember the end of the book. But did you did you also feel like the like we're not going to talk about the ending like in depth at this moment? But didn't you feel like it was weird how it ended? Yeah, I thought it was very weird. I felt like it was abrupt. Um, I didn't really understand her reaction at that point. Um, and his, I was just like, okay, well they set it up for the sequel. Yeah. I think that, I think that a lot of the ending, the problem with the ending of the, this is still a similar problem with the ending of the book. It's that like, you know, it's that kind of like message board thing of like, I want to write more about this, but I don't know how to get from point A to point B. I don't know how to get from the end of the story to the beginning of the next one. And you can see a lot of like the convolutedness and like, and I remember writing erotica and being like, you know what? I just don't want her in the situation anymore. I'm bored. And I'll just write this weird twist and I'll just move her on. Like sometimes I'll have her literally just like immediately run into a new guy. Like <laughs> I'll just be like, yeah, no, this was very much like, uh, okay, well this happened now. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, okay. She's upset now. Okay. This is their, their breakup or their splintering before they come back to each other. But it's just, right. this is happening now. Um, because right. it needs to, and I need to like get moving forward. Right, yeah, it just seems like she felt she felt like they were getting along E.L. James felt like they were getting along too well and that she had to do something. And you and it gets more ridiculous as you go on cuz like in the second movie like his like his Okay, so part of Christian's backstory is that like when he was a teenager, he was um the submissive to a grown woman, which is wrong yeah it's wrong and 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 anastasia calls it out she's like uh, yeah she's a pedophile like what why why aren't you mad at this woman essentially and I lo- like she introduced me to this whole world and this whole part of who i am and that's a that's a complicated you know thing but yeah so he he was he was uh assaulted he was in a, he was in an abusive relationship and like so that and it's and a lot of the conflict in the books is that like Anastasia is like you know that you were in an abusive relationship right and like he just refuses to believe her which is which is like Anna is a very annoying person in the books like she's not she's almost not annoying at all in the movies which is miraculous yeah she, I really so, don't find her annoying I just found Christian annoying She's so annoying in the book. She's constantly talking about her inner goddess. What's interesting, though, is that she, oh, my God, her inner goddess, her inner whatever, her, like, she's constantly, like, talking to herself and, like, having all these conversations with herself about, like, what's happening and, like, what she's going to do. And it's interesting, though, the the, the trade-off is that the Anastasia in the book is, like, way hornier. (laughs) 
than the Anastasia in the movie. The Anastasia in the movie, like, very much at the outset wants a relationship, whereas the Anastasia in the book doesn't really want that until the second book. Um, which is really, it's really interesting that they so did that's, it this that's way. That's a pretty big difference between the it's movie, a, which is a, very much like, that's not a shift. That's what she wants the whole time. It's a huge difference. Like, the thing is, is that, like, she... In the books, it's that Anna, it's basically like Anastasia and Christian are having a great time and then a complication comes. So whether it's like the older woman or um, in the third, in the third movie, um, it's like someone that Christian used to be a dominant of who's like dealing with mental illness and like feels like she was abused. And like, so it's, and it's like basically like, everyone it's whatever the issue is it's just some of christian shit like she's just like i just want to have a regular like life. excited to be with him and he's like oh actually i have to deal with this thing and people just like keep coming up and getting in the way because he's got like all these like secrets and most of the secrets is just that like he is so rich but apparently has never been to therapy and like his whole like i don't know like it's so much also like christian um, his mother was a sex worker and a crack addict, which. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, okay, so. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think that that is a perfectly fine backstory for a character that is not him like he and i'm not like of course like there are like story the thing about it is is that christian gray does not behave like a person who that happened to and i can't no. tell if i it might just be that jamie dorman just like does not understand that experience and just can't he can't replicate it yeah i like I completely agree with you because I, I obviously think that that's a valid backstory, but I kind of rolled my eyes because it just felt, again, much like the ending, it just felt kind of written in like, oh, here, here's an explainer, but we're not going to flesh it out, you know? Um, right. It's not going to actually add depth to the character. It's just going to function as like this excuse. And it's, yeah, and it's weird for me because like if, like oh my, it's not a secret my mom used to do crack my mom did crack for a very long time um she has amazing teeth though she's queen for that uh, i don't know how she pulls off she has amazing teeth um you found she found the way everyone finds she, a way in something like <laughs> she's it's so interesting so like so like as a person who has actually like literally seen my parents do crack it's very interesting whenever it's written into a book or a movie or something because you can tell that it's written in by people who know nothing about that experience and i and i think that it is possible to empathize and to know like for example like i really love um songs my brother taught me which was like chloe zhao's first movie before the writer in nomadland which i have already seen and it's amazing can't wait for everybody to see nomadland but um in songs my brother taught me it takes place on like a reservation <clears throat> with indigenous people and there's a huge problem with like drug addiction there and though i you know the director did not go through that the way that she depicts it like and the way that she looks at it like you can tell that she has empathy with the experience and also you understand 
when you look at the people in the movie, when you hear them, when you experience them, you can tell that they've been through that experience. Right. Totally. In a way. Totally. Right. And like, there's, there's a disconnect, like E.L. James clearly didn't know what it was. The director clearly didn't know what it was. Jamie Dorman clearly didn't know what it was. And so we just have this weird thing that like comes up a lot and doesn't make any sense. It's such a, it's such a big backstory to not flesh out and to not really approach with knowledge or humanity and just kind of have it be this abstract big thing versus like, this living experience. Yeah. And it's just like, and also we don't know what happened to her. Like my mom is a recovering um, addict and she's been in recovery for a long time. And I've been at narcotics anonymous meetings with her and everything. Like that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Yeah. That's a, it's a, I mean, <laughs> addiction, it's like, it's a process. It's not just, okay, now you're clean or, like you're back using it's it's a process and there's a lot of story there too and it's also just like it's a weird way to explain her away because like she died from the crack like i mean you like it's usually exacerbated by some kind of physical issue created by the like where did she go yeah <laughs> like, like it's like she was disappeared that's yeah. what it feels like and it feels like that in the writing it's like she was she just, just like, she could have just like died in childbirth man like that happens a lot in the united states more than you would think like yeah, absolutely it could have just been it didn't have to be like that it's so strange and it's used as an excuse for why he's a rich man who wants to feed the hungry instead of just making him a rich man who wants to feed the well, hungry that was like I I rolled my eyes so much of that. I mean, on one hand, I was like, well, there is some like deep. I don't know if this was why. I doubt this is why she wrote it this way, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, there was some deep anti-capitalist shade in the like need to explain why a rich man would even care. <laughs> like, right, like, right, right, right. Funny because it was like obviously billionaires don't give a shit about people, which I agree with. I think yes, they don't. It's you don't so, get that much money without stepping on people. It's uh, so funny because like Anastasia doesn't understand it either. <laughs> no, that's, like, that's what's funny is like to me there's just this big like classes subtext that I completely agree with, which is like, oh, there's absolutely no way this man would accumulate this money and actually care about other people. So we're going to create some personal reason he does it that doesn't have to do with like just having empathy for humanity. And when he said, when, when he said it's good business. Oh my God. I screamed. I screamed. <laughs> also just like how. Well, the, thing is that, the thing is, is that I believe, I believe that, but I have a hard time believing that he believes that. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. No, I, I, I'm completely with you there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this whole, and it's, like, supposed to humanize him, and I'm, like, I don't, it's not anything. It's so wild. So, yeah, so, like, it's so interesting because, because this is a, this is a weird thing where it's, like, Jamie Dorman decided to play Christian Grey exactly how he is on the page, and, and Dakota Johnson didn't. So what we have is two characters that really don't work don't together. Make sense together. Don't make sense at all. Because like, Anas like I said, Anastasia in the book, like 
she's excited. Like, she's not like a gold digger, but she's excited by the fact that he's rich. She's excited by the fact that he's really sexy. She's excited by the fact that he takes her virginity and, like, she finally knows what sex feels like. And she's so excited about sex. Like, I remember there's uh, there's this amazing part in the book where she's, like, sucking his, where she's, like, sucking his dick. She sucks his dick for the first time. And she gets really into it and she loves it so much. And then she like her description of it is just that like Christian's dick is like my own personal lollipop. Wow. It's a horny fable. (laughs) She is so that's the thing, like Anastasia in the book is so horny. And I actually really liked that. Like I was like, she really likes to suck dick. And like it's like there's so much of media is just like, oh, women don't actually enjoy sucking dick. And I was like, I enjoy sucking dick. Like (laughs) it's it's nice to see someone enjoying sucking dick in a book. I don't know. I was like, I'm into yeah, it's funny because in this, in the movie, it's not that you don't believe, like, you do believe that she enjoys some of the sex and, like, that she wants it, but she's also so casual, and it, it that feels like Dakota Johnson to me, where she's just like, eh, like, like, where Dakota Johnson's just like, yeah, I've had sex, and I can have it pretty much whenever I want with whoever, <laughs> and I felt like some of that energy came through in her read of Anastasia, which made me like her read of Anastasia, but also didn't quite make sense with the actual story. Anastasia, yeah, the Anastasia in the movie does does not seem like a virgin at no, all. No, not at all. Like, no, she just seems like bored with the men around her. And then, yeah, she seems like <laughs> already done with men for a while. She needs some time alone. She wants to date some women. She's just like, whatever. She does not seem like she's excited to lose her virginity with like a billionaire. No one, not not a single person. Like, and like, and also, what's funny is that, like, in the Twilight books, like, it's very clear that Bella has feelings for Jacob, and there's a lot of tension, especially in the third book, about whether or not she's going to choose Jacob. Like, she seriously considers it, and Edward seriously considers just like being chill with it, <laughs> like being like, you know what, he would make you happier. Like that's in there's actual tension there. There is no tension between her, Jose, and Christian Gray. And it's there's no tension in the book either. Like Jose is just there to be Jacob without really understanding what Jacob's purpose is. And Jacob's purpose is to give Bella a normal life like there are two roads right she either Bella either becomes a vampire or stays a human and has a normal life Jacob is that other road and it's not even that one road is better than the other it's just the other road Jose has no road (laughs) he's nothing also I was okay so um in in the scene where they go to coffee where Christian and Anastasia go to coffee and it's their first time hanging out really like one-on-one um since the interview uh he asks if Jose is her boyfriend and she's like oh no no not at all he's more like family but then later when Christian fucking assaults Jose um outside a bar she he definitely definitely doesn't seem like family then and I feel like the movie wants us to think, oh, Jose's trying to kiss her and he's bad. But he's he was not going to force her to kiss him. He okay. was confessing his crush. And then Christian assaults him. And Anastasia ends up going with Christian drunken. <laughs> and we're supposed to we're supposed to like 
I was just worried about Jose. I'm like, is he okay? Like, I guess, I guess he wasn't your friend ever because even though it is awkward, you know, to have someone that you thought, oh, we're family, they're like, oh, I have feelings. You're not going to just be like, oh, it's fine if they get punched out. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I don't, I really, I was it's like, really, really bad. It, it's really bad. Like, like, and of course, you're like the only non white character. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is that it's really bad. Like, at least Jacob had in his entire tribe full of people. And also, like, Jacob and his tribe are some of the most interesting parts in the book because they just fucking hate white people they hate vampires they hate white people they're so annoyed that they're in the books like they're the only characters in the books that clearly don't want to be there it's just like what are we even doing here i hate these fucking white people why are we here like it's it's fun it's it's actually fun because like they're actual like (laughs) they're like marginalized people that like get to be people and they get to be like like actually have feelings and thoughts and opinions. Like I was waiting for Jose's like revenge arc where like Jose's like, fuck this rich guy. Like, you know, like I'm going to kill him and try to get money uh, from this rich guy because he punched me out. Like I was like, where's the Jose lawsuit storyline? I need this. Oh my God. So I just remembered um, one of the big twists of 50 shades darker. And it's that Christian turns out to like have a brother who like, also was like dealing with the crack addict mom, but the brother didn't get adopted by the rich family. So the brother is like, so the brother just like harasses him and harasses Anastasia because he has a life that he, that like she could, like, it's like a whole. Wait, is the brother, is the brother broke then? Like, yeah, the brother is like, and, like, and Christian refuses to give him anything. No, like, it's like the brother, like, it's weird because like the brother like has a life. And, like, has a career, he's just, like, mad about, like, not being super wealthy. And, like, I guess, like, he didn't process his... It's weird because, like, Christian didn't process his trauma, but this guy didn't process his trauma, like, even worse. Like, he's just, just, like, he's on He's broken, like, entire. Yeah, like, like, there's just... He's, like, in teenager mode. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that's and you know what to the that's that's an interesting story. I just you know, um, <laughs> but here there's no the problem with the first Fifty Shades book and the problem with this movie is that there is no actual conflict. The conflict is that Christian is a piece of shit. It's literally two hours of him waiting for her to sign a contract. And her being like, I don't want to sign it. Why don't you be my boyfriend? And then him very obviously showing that he's like outside of the bedroom. He's possessive and emotionally unavailable. And her being frustrated, but still wanting him to be her boyfriend. And then him being frustrated that she won't just be a sub and sign the contract. And that's like the whole conflict. (laughs) What's so funny is that like when they get married in the third movie, they just stop doing BDSM altogether. That's hilarious. That's such, a, that's such a that's such a um a read on marriage. It's like what it, it's also funny that E.L. James has like been married this whole time and I just wonder about her husband Niall. Like what like what does he feel about about her uh, depiction of of getting married and then it all ends? <laughs> so okay, so the prop okay, so the other thing about Fifty Shades of Grey that I feel like people don't understand and they don't understand it because I don't know, they just refuse to like 
actually respond to the words that are on the page. Like, even though I didn't read, like, all the books, like, I read, like, the summaries, and I read, like, where it goes. And basically, Christian is into BDSM because he refuses to go to therapy. Like, he basically uses BDSM. And it's because, like, and, you know, in high school that became it almost feels like it became his way of coping with his history and who he was was bdsm and he never really like moved on from that and he thought that that would be the answer and that's that's really sad um yeah that is very sad yeah and so the the thing is is that christian doesn't actually enjoy bdsm um that's 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 it's, a it's, big- it's, it's not about actual pleasure or sex for him it's about coping yeah, it's about coping. And that's the thing that, like, if anyone read the books, they would be able to read that. Like, if they, like, I don't know what was up with everybody's reading comprehension with that whole thing. Like, even, in, and even, like, your movie comprehension. Like, he is clearly not having a good time being like this. I think, you know what I think with the comprehension? I think that some people are taking what he says at face value, what the character says, which is, I like this, I'm into this, this is who I am. And he's telling himself that, you know, he's telling on a stage of that, but he's also just telling himself, he's trying to convince himself, this is how I am, this is what I like, this is making me happy. And rather than, and and so I think a lot of people are reading and watching and responding to what he's saying versus looking at the whole story and what it's saying and, and where he falls into it, which is like, yes, this is what he thinks, but he's also revealing in other scenes that it's directly connected to his trauma. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it very much is. And like he, I'm trying to figure out the right words. He, <laughs> just, just diagnosing him is kind of funny. Um, I know it's, I love, I love how like deep we've did, like we have fully, we're snorkeling in Fifty Shades. We're, we're snorkeling. Yeah, I mean, like, so he's so he's doing this to like deal with this trauma. But like, if you look at his, also if you look at his face during every sex scene, Anastasia's having a great time, and he is not. Yeah, <laughs> over. And I think, and sometimes I couldn't tell if that was Jamie Dornan trying to be like, this is me being a hot man dominating, or if he's trying to actually show us, no, this character is deeply unhappy, and even this whole thing that he says gives him pleasure doesn't, because he gives him pleasure. And I think it makes sense that no one had really asked him about it before, because, like, being in his tax bracket and, like, you know, like, I feel like he just, like, slept with a lot of women who did not care about him, and he did not care about them, and it was very mutual, and it's just, like, we're just, we're just, we're rich, we're hot, and we're just playing games, and I think that, like, and Anastasia is different because she actually has questions, and because she, like, she likes how fancy he is, but she doesn't need it, and yeah. you can tell that she's just like enjoying it but doesn't need it which is like interesting as like the last two the other two movies become kind of like wealth porn where it's like she's she's driving the boat like for me <laughs> watching 50 shades darker watching her drive like this like luxurious boat i'm just like girl you are just having a good day 
Good for you. <laughs> Good I was dying at the helicopter scene. I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. And then later when he's like, I never take anyone on the helicopter. I never let anyone sleep in my own bed. But you're different. And I'm just like dying. Like, Because like, like, I totally get that like, uh, like the kind of women that he would fuck like wouldn't care. If she's just like, I get to stay in this great house. It doesn't matter if I get to sleep in the next bed with him. Like who the fuck is him? He's kind of boring. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. I, yeah, think the- I mean, it makes sense. Like, and I agree with you. I think like the people he hangs out with and the ways that he approaches not relationships, but sex, sexual relationships, it, it makes sense that he hasn't really been asked and people haven't actually been curious about him because they're usually using him and he's probably using them too. Yeah. Also, I love that Anastasia is from Georgia because that's just such a weird i think that the rationale is like of course this is written by a british woman and once again i am from georgia so much of this movie applies to my life and that's so weird um like i feel like so when i when i like my response to it is just like these are things that are in my life but like for me it's real and for this movie it's very fake and totally the georgia thing is funny because it's like a british woman's approximation of what would where would a pure virgin come from georgia have you been there that's not no <laughs> like out of all the places that she could she should have been from the midwest okay you're like georgia no everybody's fucking in georgia everyone's getting married in college everybody's getting married as soon as like i remember high school happened like graduation so many people got married in a row like and they only got married because they're christian and they knew that if they got married immediately they could fuck oh i've been in many of those weddings (laughs) so it's just like yeah like anastasia being from georgia very funny also the scene where he like comes to georgia (laughs) because he's so mad i was so angry at that so i really like her mom like her mom's just like Oh, her, her mom, mom is seems, fucking great. Yeah, her mom's awesome. I just want a movie about her mom. Her mom was like, just like, oh, honey, just come to Georgia for a few days. We can have a girls' night. You can talk about your feelings. You know, she's like, I heard you're seeing someone. Like, let's just like hang out. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to go hang out with her mom. So she goes and hang out with her mom. And this is where, like, I really don't have problems with the sex in this movie because it's all consensual, you know. Um, and that's it's weird that that's what people pearl clutch about instead of him flying to georgia and interrupting her time with her mom and taking her from her mom he literally just shows up unannounced and is like basically like get in the car with me and she's like okay and i'm like what what about your mom and like and her mom's so cool she's just like oh okay well i'll just have some wine whatever but like i was so mad about that because i wanted her to just have her time with her mom and like sure i get that for the movie that wouldn't move along the conflict but i just wanted her to have that yeah, I mean, part of it is just it's it's based on um, a bit in Twilight where uh, Bella goes back to Bella goes to like visit her mom, and then like Edward is like worried about her safety and like come. But the thing about Edward being worried about her safety is that like the whole like 
main reason why he's like that is because her blood is so delicious that everyone wants to kill her all the time. The reason why it takes so long for him to like introduce her to his family properly is because he was afraid that there was a member in his family, Jasper, who would eat her. Like the whole plot of the second, the whole plot we of the second. We all have that family member. We all have a Jasper. <laughs> the whole plot of that second movie goes into motion because Bella cuts her finger, which like like shows everyone her blood, and then Jasper smells the blood and just like runs forward, and they have to hold him back because her blood smells so good. Like so, Edward stalking Bella is such a different thing <laughs> than Christian Grey stalking <laughs> stalking Anastasia because like he has no reason to worry about her safety. He's literally the only danger to her. He's the only danger. Oh my god! Like when he goes to the bar to pick her up, it's she's drunk with her friends. Yeah, he's and then he like lectures her the next morning and is like, "You need to not drink." And like, of course, in the contract, there's a thing about her not drinking. Um, but he's just like, "You shouldn't get that drunk." Like, it's just like, why? <laughs> no, it's 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 so weird and like. I have I have had one boyfriend who didn't like that I drank and he was an abusive one. <laughs> like that like that's that's more of a sign of an abuser than really anything that he does. Is that you just you can't drink? Well yeah, well the whole like the thing about like what she could drink and eat, like that's super abusive. It's uh, weird. Well okay, well the eating thing is interesting. It's it's explained better in the book. Um, it doesn't make it any better, like better in like any context. But in the book, he wants to make sure that she eats like three meals a day because he grew up hungry and like food is very important to him. And he knows that like he didn't have a lot of food, so he doesn't really have a lot of like patience for people not eating. <laughs> that's that's like a whole weird hang up of his. And it's it's like it's a no like I get where he's coming from. It's also annoying. Also, she could just have a conversation with him about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. in the movie, it came across more as like, I'm making you pure and you have to eat at a certain time and you can't drink and like you're going to be my sex person and so therefore I depict what you put in your body so that was how I heard it I didn't hear it as him wanting her to eat meals because he didn't want her to be hungry yeah that's that's actually the reason and I don't know why they don't explain that yeah they definitely don't explain that so I was just like okay that's like one of the most abusive parts of this whole movie yeah it's like a whole yeah he just has like a whole hang up about like food and it's interesting because like once again like like out of all of Christian's many experiences um going hungry is not one of them I actually have not experienced that uh but like being hungry like, the way that the book, like, frames, like, how he lives his life and, like, the whole beat. Like, I don't know. I've never been hungry, so I can't say, like, what a person would be like. But, like, the fact that his reasoning for, like, making sure that she has meals is because, like, he didn't, he didn't. Like, it just seems like him just, like, really not dealing with his emotions and kind of, like, bringing her into it. But in his mind, it's protection, yeah, like he doesn't want I mean, because again, this isn't actually about what he wants sexually. Um, this is about him not going to therapy. So 
it's not about her. It's about him and the fact that he's never gone to therapy about the fact that he was hungry. So yeah, he's he's creating rules to, it's like, he's trying to pretending he's protecting other people um, as a way of controlling his environment so that because he's never actually healed or worked on facing his trauma. Yeah, and I mean, his trauma is based on, you know, not being in control. He couldn't control his mother. He couldn't control the fact that he had food. He couldn't control the fact that he didn't have a home. Like, there's a lot of things that he couldn't control. And I think that that's, I would love for there to be a movie that really gets into that. And like, well, that's the thing is like, there's so many interesting, rich um, plot points and ingredients in this story and, and with the characters so it could be really good. It's just, it's not because the right. writing's not and, you know, the writing for the books isn't and the writing for the movies isn't, you know. And even though, like, I love Dakota Johnson and, like, it's, there, it's just, it's so flat for how much there is there. It's it. What's also weird about it too is that like with the food thing, I know with a lot of things, like I, one of my favorite movies is Secretary. And yeah, um, secretary is great. Secretary is great, but it, it, there's there's actually like a food aspect to secretary where she will like call him or she'll call her dom and like and like ask him like how much food that she can eat and and he'll and she'll like report back. But like she does that because it turns her on to be told yeah that's a completely different situation right exactly that that's a kink for her that's a kink for her so that's fine you know i i I, I think whatever i think that the food thing is like el james misreading that like i could see that like she's like oh this is kinky and but also we're tying it to this like childhood experience for him but it doesn't read well because a the childhood experience never feels lived in or fleshed out and b it's not kinky it's just controlling and abusive like yeah because like i've been in like i've done like you know you know like i said in bdsm like there are things that i'll be like where i would like tell my dom okay I would like to check with you about this thing or I'd like to ask your permission for this thing. And it's me asking, asking if it's okay to ask them for permission. Like it's my idea. Like everything that I asked permission for, it was my idea to do it. Like it turned me on to ask. You're creating the rules that you want to live inside of in this interaction. And that's hot. And that's, that is actually the entire point. Like the the main problem with Fifty Shades of Grey is that it's the submissive who sets the terms, and then the dom has to accept the terms, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also like Christian Grey is claiming that he's he's not available for a relationship, and but and this specific way of being a dominant is what he's into with this contract, and yet he's pursuing someone who's made it very clear that that's not what she's looking for. Right, this, okay, the contract, well. <laughs> this fucking contract, man, like, it's ridiculous in the book. Like, the movie actually does the whole contract sequence better because it makes, because it makes Anastasia, like, so, she's so fucking over it. Oh, but like, yeah. he's, he's like so eye roll. 
It's so interesting because like it's set up like the contract negotiation is about like how he doesn't want to do anything to her without her consent. But the thing is, is that he never she never signs the contract. So. Like, and I think that's a lot of people's issue with it because she never signs the contract. A lot of people interpret that as everything that happened was without her consent. But she still gave consent. But, but that, yeah, that's the weird thing about the movie is like. Yeah, she never signs a contract, but that's his idea of consent. Is the contract. that's his idea of consent? It's his idea. It's his, and it's also kind of his like one and done. Like once you sign the contract, then we know what everything is. But for her, she's more on a case by case consent. You know, which is how most <laughs> sex is. Like it's like okay, I want to do this now, or like sure, let's go to the playroom now, or sure, show me what you like. But it's very clear she's giving consent every time they hook up because she's saying, I know I haven't signed the contract, but I still want to hook up with you. Right, exactly. She cons- she consents to every interaction that they have. And when she doesn't like it, he stops. Like, he's annoying about it, but he stops. Yeah, like, he, uh, I don't like him. And I don't think that he's healthy. And I think he has abusive traits, but not in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's perfectly, I would say that he's a very mild lover. Um, yeah, which- like, I also, I feel like maybe I will get dragged for this, but I just, I... Don't know if it was because I was high and I was just like having a good time just making fun of the movie. But I laughed at the end of the movie when she freaks out after getting spanked. And I will clarify, and Jordan said this earlier, but like I, I'm a woman. I've been in the world. I've also experienced my own sexual trauma. So I have full empathy for that. So it's not that I think that's funny, but it was the fact that this whole movie, they've been talking about all of this shit. She's been trying it and enjoying it with him. And then getting spanked is the getting spanked is the breaking point. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's I, I what? No, it's so stupid. This is how you want to see me. I was like, what? Like, I, I think it's I, 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 I really, like, I was just like, this is so forced. Like, I don't get it because he wasn't even, it's not even like he was using dirty talk that was demeaning that crossed the line for her or anything. It was like, I don't, I don't know. I guess just to me, it just felt so dramatic and out like just the writing forced it. Yeah. The writing did force it. I I will say that like, I think what her issue was is that like, I, I honestly think that what it is is that she did not like being bent over. Okay. And I could see that and I can empathize with that. Like that, that makes sense. It's just, I think it's just like they have scenes earlier where they do things that are more involved and she doesn't seem to have any hangups where they talk about it. If she had hangups where she's like, I don't know how I felt about having my arms tied or et cetera, then I think her reaction at the end, but it just felt so sudden. Yeah, it was. And I mean, like she was like, I think part of it too is that like she was being spanked like with no real promise of sex. Like he just brought her in to punish her, to put her over, like to like put her like, you know, bend her over and just like spank her. And, and it, I think her issue was, is that it was about him and not her, but it's interesting because like, it's all about him. <laughs> yeah. I think that's <laughs> the time. it's not that I thought she needed to like that. I was like, why doesn't she enjoy that? Like what, a, you know, like what's wrong with her or anything. It was more like, okay, 
he's told you this whole time what he's into. He's shown you. He's made it clear he's not available. He's toxic. I don't like him. Um, you, like, he, he brought up the fact that you haven't signed the contract, and you were like, no, I want to go in there. I don't know. I guess, yeah, for me it was just like, it, I felt like it would have been something more surprising or intense. Like he's spanked her in other scenes. Yeah, he has. He, yeah. That was the other thing is like he he'd spanked her before, and she seemed to be like into it. And that's not saying that you're into something because you've done it before. But it, that was why it was so surprising to me, and that that was somehow the breaking point. Like, yeah, yeah. If I were to rewrite the ending, like without changing too much, it would probably just be she's trying to have a conversation with him, but he decides into, instead to spank her while she's talking. Oh, cause like, that, Oh, that, that I would freak. I would, I would get angry. I would cry. All of the things she did. Like, so that would I completely fun. agree with you, Jordan. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because it's not that I don't think that act could be triggering. Of course it could. It was just the context. There was no conflict. And then there was randomly conflict. Right. Exactly. That's the thing. Like it, like I, <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's so interesting um another thing though um and i noticed this on twitter when i was tweeting about it is that when they're going through the contract i mean the contract is ridiculous uh but the the most interesting thing for me is that like she says no to fisting first she says no to anal fisting and then she says no to vaginal fisting and he seems upset by this now (laughs) Watching the movie and reading the books, I don't think that Christian has ever fisted anyone. Yeah, that didn't... I was just like, that doesn't really seem like what he's into. Never. Um, I don't believe... Because that's that's so much contact, and his whole thing is no contact. How are you a person who doesn't want to be touched... But you are putting your whole hand. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great point. I didn't connect <laughs> that, but that's a great point. To have my arm inside of you. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't like I <laughs> Yeah, I completely I that's really funny. Believing, I have trouble believing that Christian even eats ass. Like what are we even talking about? <laughs> I mean, I felt like part of the reason he has his playroom is because he has all these tools he can use instead of his body. Yeah, instead of, and yeah, exactly. So the fisting, it was weird. It was like, I mean, it was like a joke. Um, I get it. Okay, but can we talk about the funniest line in this movie, which is like when he's like, he's like, oh, this is my playroom. And she hasn't gone in yet. And she's like, what, do you have like an Xbox in there? <laughs> Oh wow! I missed that, and that's amazing. Thank you so much. That's the best way to just like. Oh, I love, I love that she knocked him down a peg. That's amazing. It's so fucking funny because then, like, I was just like, oh my god, what if Christian Grey was just like a gamer? (laughs) So funny, just like he's like he's like having a LAN party. Welcome to my playroom. Uh, I have I have five consoles. <laughs> yeah, this is oh my god, Dakota Johnson in this movie. She just I know she's great. She, yeah. she really makes it watchable. Yeah, it's like 
There are so many problems with with Christian Grey, and there are so many problems with this movie. Also interesting, there was actually like a lot of like controversy about the production of this movie, not just because it was originally supposed to be Charlie Hunnam and he left the project, which I understand why Charlie Hunnam did it, but also I don't think that Charlie Hunnam is better than Fifty Shades of Grey. I truly do not. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's interesting because like he is from the original queerest folk. So he's like, Charlie Hunnam is like part of like queer history, specifically UK television queer history. So it's, it's interesting that he came from that show and he has now created a career for himself. So removed from like any form of eroticism whatsoever. And I... It's so fascinating. I mean, Queer as Folk has its own issues. Because have you ever watched Queer as Folk? No. There's an American, and there's um, and there's the original UK one, and like the, both of them have the same kind of character. The um, the there's a version of his character in the new one, and he's basically just like seventeen years. Charlie Hunnam plays like a seventeen year old twink who, like, just found out that he's gay. And, like, then he starts, like, fucking this, like, 30-year-old man. And it's, like, gross and, like, kind of everybody hates it, but they're, like, in love. And, like, by the end of the at least American show, I know that they're still together. Like, they spend the rest of their lives together. And it's, like, this whole thing. But, yeah, Charlie Hunnam was the original 17-year-old twink on television. Like, it's, like, he's probably, like, one of the first twinks on television. (laughs) Which is like, that's a big deal. It's so wild. It's such an interesting thing. Um, And now he just has this whole American career where everybody thinks that he sucks and doesn't seem to know anything about like his actual work. Like Charlie Hunnam is actually a really good actor and he has been since he was really young and everybody's so mean. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't go here with you. (laughs) No, it's okay. No, it's like I'm, I'm a queer spoke person. Like I, like I grew up on that show. I mean, I grew up on the American version, but I do have mad respect for the old version. Um, so yeah, there was Charlie Hunnam leaving and then uh, Jamie Dorman being cast in his role, which I think was a huge mistake just because like, I believe Charlie Hunnam as like having a hard life more than I believe Jamie Dorman. Like maybe it's because Charlie Hunnam was on so many episodes, so many like seasons of Sons of Anarchy and like I've seen him like dirty and like on a bike and like all this stuff. Jamie Dorman is so clean so immaculate, so pristine that I can't imagine anything ever happening to him, anything bad at all. Yeah, I completely agree. He, he's like a Ken doll made in a lab. He's like a little Henry Cavill. He's like, what if Henry Cavill was not built? He's like a skinny Henry Cavill for me. I mean, he's pretty built in this. He's like, he's like, he's like skinny built. Like, well, Henry Cavill is like thick neck built. You know what I mean? <laughs> thick neck built. I, I, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so it's like that, like a lot of, a lot of the issues is that, but there's also just that E.L. James and uh, the director did not get along. Uh, mostly because the director didn't really like the book. 
And you can tell by how she directed the movie. Oh, yeah, because it's different, <laughs> like, very much. She didn't like the book. And so, like, got in a fight with E.L. James, and that's why she never did any of the other ones. The other two ones are directed by, like, men, I believe. Maybe the same man, I don't know. But also their tones are very different. Like, while this movie is very, very serious, Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Breed, and Freed, Breed, Fifty Shades Freed, are just fucking fun like they're set up to be fun everything about it is like the costumes the locations everything it's supposed to be a fun time whereas this movie isn't fun and it's because the director did not want it to be well yeah the movie's fighting itself yeah and you can feel that yeah and like that comes through in the direction it comes through in the way it ends it comes through in uh and again, we've been talking about how she's like the best part of it, but it, it comes through in the way that Dakota Johnson reads Anastasia. Right. Because like there's a difference. Like I'll, there's there's been a lot of to do about like how Robert Pattinson is 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 like somehow like above. Twi- one, once again, Robert Pattinson, amazing actor. I have no issues with anybody's acting, really, um, in, in, in this case. Robert Pattinson, like. His he got like a lot of press for saying that he plays Edward like a person who hates himself. But the thing about it is, is that like that's exactly who Edward well, is. Well, that's that's the character. He just played the character. The thing is, is that like people thought that that was like snarky, and people thought that. I mean, he I mean he hates the books, and he thinks that Stephanie Meyer is a crazy person. Like he's quoted in thinking that he thinks that that woman is crazy. Um, which like man to be white and to get away with that. But, like, in terms of the way that he played Edward, he played Edward exactly the way that he was supposed to. And it's very weird the way that people retcon it to be like he did, like he was playing against his character. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, like, Anast- whereas, like, Dakota Johnson is actively playing against who her character is. Oh, like, yeah. She what is, like, is- contradicting what her character is doing. <laughs> Like in the way that she's acting and, and in the ways that she even reads the lines and even certain lines, I wonder if she suggested them, you know, it, it's, there's definitely this character fighting itself. Yeah. And Anastasia Steele is a very, very fucking like, what, what's the way, like, how would I describe her? She's very naive in the books. She's very excited about everything. She's very inexperienced. She's very bubbly. She's very nice. And Dakota Johnson is like none of those things in, in this movie. Yeah, like, I completely agree. Yeah, she's not, she's also just not horny she's enough. A, she's a jaded bitch, like, and a jaded bitch that I want to have a drink with. Like, it's not derogatory. I fucking love her. And I fucking hate the one in the book because she's just so impressionable and so fucking excited about everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mean and I don't like that, but like, I'm, I'm not mean. But you I, know. Know. I was like, what are you talking about, Jordane? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Ask Twitter, even though I don't have a Twitter. Like I said, famously do not have Twitter. If you look and see on Twitter, people... <laughs> I'm, I mean, and I don't understand that because one, I do not have mean besides I, reply guys, and I it's like the only weird reply guys who like roll in. Number one, I do not have an account, so I don't know why people are talking about me on Twitter when I do not have an account. But like, this is my favorite conspiracy theory that you don't have Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so, yeah. Dakota Johnson is cool as fuck. And also, like, I noticed that people who really, really don't like Fifty Shades of Grey 
like as a franchise respect this movie and it's because it's not really what the book is not what the book actually not it's 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 not because it's different it's like oh okay thank god (laughs) so honestly if you care about being problematic this is the least one this is the least problematic one that you could watch right Um, people could just watch secretary yeah, that's that's what I would actually suggest. Like, as much as I enjoy, like, I enjoyed Fifty Shades Freed because it's fucking the Fifty Shades Darker and Freed because they're both fucking stupid. And also, Fifty Shades Darker had the most amazing moment in the theater because I saw it on Valentine's Day with Kyle in a packed theater, and it was just like so many men with their girlfriends so upset. And then, right in the middle of the movie, we get to see. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Gray's childhood bedroom and in that bedroom is a Chronicles of Riddick poster and it is it was the best time ever at the movies because like it was like one boyfriend in the audience was like is that a Chronicles of Riddick poster and then Kyle was like is that Chronicle and then everybody oh, was just friends got excited everyone in the theater fucking lost it when we realized that it was a Chronicles of Riddick poster like it was basically well like I think a lot of the women were annoyed but it was like basically me and all the men being like oh my god what is that that was when you really soaked the chairs at the theater. That was when the, the chairs were drenched. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, it's so it's so good in a bad way. Like if you want to watch a good movie, watch Secretary. I legitim I think it's legitimately a good movie. I don't want to hear any fucking bullshit about it. Like if you have an issue with it, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Same. Oh, I love it. I love the end. Oh my god. The ending when Oh my, the ending of Secretary where Maggie Gyllenhaal is like the bet, like she's got like the love that she wants and they're like all together. And then she just like drops like something dirty on the bed. And then she looks at the camera because like it's like she's going to get punished. And it's so good because she does it on purpose because she wants to be punished. She's in control of that situation. And it's such a good way to end. Yeah, she's driving the car. She is driving the car. Like, it's so... Uh, yes, watch Secretary. Maggie Gyllenhaal is probably one of my favorite actresses of all time. And I also feel like one of those actresses like Anne Hathaway that like people hate for no reason. I love Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, I feel like I've caught way less wind of people hating her. I just feel like she gets, um, I don't know, sidelined into the kind of, oh, quirky you know, whatever bullshit. Yeah, a lot of people think that she's not talented because of the roles that she has. And just like she has the roles that she has because literally no one else could play them. She's like <laughs> Yeah. She's so she, is, she cornered the market. Like, um like in Stranger Than Fiction, she is the like when she's like an anarchist baker, that's the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. So just watch that. Like watching this won't like bother you, but it's just like a it's like a waste of time. Yeah, I think. It's a waste of time. And I feel like most of the people listening have probably already seen it or have actively tried not to. And so, you know, that that's that. So you should just watch Secretary. And if and you've like, already seen it, just rewatch it. Revisit it. 
And like, once again, don't be mad at us for covering this movie. You guys asked us to do it. And I and I am on record with not wanting to do it. Like, I remember when the person like the lovely, lovely patron. Thank you so much for your patronage. When they originally requested it, I was like, could you choose anything else? (laughs) You know what? I I don't think we're going to get backlash. I, I don't really feel like we said anything controversial. We just, you know. We just yeah, into the waters that were presented to us, and uh, you know, I'm I'm Team Dakota Johnson. Yeah, me too. I'm Team Dakota Johnson. <laughs> um, well, we love you all, and our theme song is by Clutch Douglas, and you can find us everywhere. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Yeah, back it up, back it up.